Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. Yep, the Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. All right, pull out the coffee, put the eggs on the griddle, sit back, and let's listen for a little while. We've got a lot to talk about today. Congressman Mike Lawler, one of the key players in the passage of the National Defense Authorization Act, the surprise passage on Friday, Kevin McCarthy pulling out yet another victory, conservatives coming together, ironing out their differences behind closed doors and foiling the Democrats and and traditional media who are rooting for a failure there. Mike Lawler is going to tell you how it happened, how it came together, and how we just made the Pentagon better with some of the policy changes, particularly the defeat or blockage of some of the woke ideological initiatives that the Biden administration has started in the Pentagon. Mike Lawler, congressman from New York, going to kick us off today. Then the chairman of the House Administration Committee taking the lead on a new election integrity bill that, among most importantly, seeks to ban non-citizens, non-citizens from voting. There are lots of places, including the District of Columbia, that want non-citizens to vote. Congressman Brian Stiles, the chairman of the House Administration Committee, wants to stop that. He points out, you'll hear it in the interview, it's actually very provocative. He said, under the new law the District of Columbia just passed, the Russian ambassador to the United States could be elected mayor of Washington, D.C., and his staff could vote for him. Do we really want that in America? I don't think so. Why don't we listen to Brian Stiles and you'll learn about that. Congressman Glenn Grothman, talking about all the things that are targeting our children, the highly sexualized in propaganda, or I should say, indoctrination efforts underway targeting children across this world. Glenn Grothman going to talk about that. Congressman Austin Scott, one of the most important voices on House Intel, going to talk to us about the China threat, the defense and security risk facing America. Michael Seifert from Public Square, the new, what I call Amazon for conservatives, he's going to join us. They just went public this week. That's a big major event. He's going to tell us what that means for all of us who support a parallel economy and a new conservative-friendly marketplace for all of us. And finally, Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor, really one of the most brilliant thinkers in the national security policy space today. We're going to talk China, Ukraine, Russia, and so much more with her when she gets back. Also, the legacy that Joe Biden is creating with this foreign policy. That's going to be a good one. What a great way to kick off your Sunday. Thank you for joining us on the Brunch Edition. We're going to take a quick commercial break here from our amazing sponsors. When we come back, Mike Lawler, Congressman from New York, going to kick off a really robust show right after these messages. (laughs) 
All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's donorstrust.org slash just news. We're going to bring in right now, Congressman Mike Lawler from the great state of New York. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, John. If you were reading the newspapers the last couple of days, you'd swear that the Republicans were in for yet another calamity. It again didn't happen time and again uh, under uh, Speaker McCarthy. You guys keep getting unanimity. You keep passing laws. You keep checking the box down on all the things you promised the American people uh, when you uh, flipped the Senate to uh, flip the House to Republicans earlier this year. Tell us the secret. How do these things keep coming together in spite of all the doom and gloom predictions? Well, look, the American people elected the House Republican majority to serve as a check and balance on the Biden agenda. Uh, And throughout this Congress so far, that is what we have done. Uh, Yes, of course, there's always going to be challenges within any conference and differences of opinion. uh, But you have to find compromise and you have to find a way forward. And so that is what we've uh, done. And Speaker McCarthy uh, has been severely underestimated uh, throughout his speakership. Uh, Everybody thought because it took 15 votes to elect him speaker uh, that he was going to be unable to lead. Uh, But the reality is uh, he has done a very good job uh, keeping the conference together, moving uh, it forward uh, so that we can get major legislation across the finish line. 
People like me are not going to agree with everything that is in a bill, uh, but sometimes you have to take tough votes uh, to, to advance the legislation forward. Uh, the NDAA uh, is a critical piece of legislation that must pass, uh, and we had to find uh, some compromises to get across the finish line here. Uh, now the Senate will take up the bill. Uh, obviously, I'm sure their uh, version of the NDAA will be significantly different uh, than uh, the Republican House version. Uh, and then it'll go to a conference, uh, at which point, you know, we'll find a further compromise uh, and get something passed because the reality is we have to govern. Uh, and while Hakeem Jeffries and the Democrats uh, do nothing but, you know, try to stymie uh, the, the House and uh, focus in on their radical progressive ideology, uh, we are moving legislation forward. Uh, and the Senate now has a responsibility to take it up and govern, and then we will take it from there. But uh, I think people continue to underestimate Speaker McCarthy at their own peril. Uh, I think he's done a very good job leading the conference. Yeah, and, and compromise is the key when you only have three or four votes in uh, majority in your caucus. And that keeps happening time and again. And I think the American people like the fact that there aren't excuses, just results coming through there. And by the way, I think if I remember correctly, last year, the Democrats didn't get this through until November. You guys are on track to have the NDA wrapped up much sooner than most recent Congresses. What are the most important things here to shape the future of our Pentagon? A lot of people worried about things like recruitment dropping down and uh, the security uh, supply shortages of ammunition, what we're doing in Ukraine. What, what were the biggest uh, wins in this legislation for you and your constituents? I think first and foremost, obviously, a pay increase for our active duty uh, members. Yeah. Uh, there's no question we've seen a decline in the number of people uh, who have sought to join the military. Uh, and we need to make sure that we are compensating them fairly uh, and that we are doing uh, the job of preparing our military uh, for battle and, uh, and hopefully uh, avoiding it at all costs. Uh, but being prepared nonetheless, if necessary. And I think, uh, you know, you look at the challenges that we're dealing with with respect to ammunition and military equipment uh, and the need to expedite uh, the production of that. Uh, you look at issues like, you know, Taiwan, for instance, where we've sold them, uh, you know, military uh, equipment, but we cannot uh, produce it fast enough. And so we need to be uh, looking for ways to increase production, uh, of uh, our ammunition, of our, our military equipment, uh, as well as obviously uh, ensuring uh, that the men and women in our military have the resources, the training, the capabilities uh, that they need. Obviously, uh, some of the issues that came up uh, in this uh, you know, uh, legislative debate uh, centered around some of the, the decisions that the Biden administration has been making. Uh, that, you know, impact military readiness. And so uh, this is something where I think ultimately, again, we're going to come uh, to a, a compromise uh, with the Senate uh, because we do need to advance, uh, you know, the NDAA and, and get it enacted into law. Uh, but this is going to be uh, a discussion going forward and, and how we ensure uh, that our military has the resources and the capabilities to do their job effectively. Yeah, such an important thing. That's what the American people want, first and foremost. Another thing that's come up in this debate, and Republicans really have taken this bull by the horns to educate the public and start to create solutions. 
Pentagon has a uh, real problem with a very basic task it does. It can't track its equipment. I think it was like 61% of the equipment is there. This bill also advances some of the accountability and some uh, forcing the Pentagon to start to improve. So we know where our weapons and sources are and we're not losing money or losing valuable time. An important win for the American taxpayer. Nope. No question. And anytime you're spending this amount of money, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be transparency. Uh, and that should be the case for every agency and department uh, across the board. Uh, this is taxpayer funds that are being used. And we need to make sure uh, that we know how those funds are being spent. Uh, and certainly when it comes to military equipment, uh, it needs to be tracked for two reasons. Uh, number one, we should know where it is and make sure that it's, uh, you know, uh, safely kept. And number two, uh, obviously how our, our funds are being spent. So I think there's a lot in this NDAA bill uh, that really uh, seeks to reform uh, the Pentagon and, and, you know, move it into the, the 21st century here. So I, I think uh, a lot to like. Um, and again, you know, as we move forward, uh, now that it has passed through the House, which was a critical first step and we needed to get, uh, you know, the conference uh, in agreement uh, to get that done. But it was a critical first step. And now we we move forward uh, and the Senate will take it up next week and then we'll go to conference. Yeah. Uh, that is blueprints important. You can't have a negotiation with the Senate unless you have your blueprint down on the ground in the past. So it's going to make a big difference. Sir, I want to talk about a part of the world that maybe a lot of Americans uh, don't think of beyond the Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict. But Moldova, you're the co-chairman of the Moldova caucus in the House. Uh, it's actually a very important ally in a very critically tense region right now. There's been some turmoil in Mo uh, Moldova recently with the prime minister stepping down with some turbulence there. Tell us a little bit about why Moldova is so important to the United States and what we can do during this moment of tension for them to try to create some uh, stability. Well, on a personal level, my wife is uh, from Moldova, uh, born and raised. Her family still lives uh, in Moldova uh, on the Ukraine border near uh, a region, uh, a breakaway region called Transnistria, uh, which is Russian occupied. And so on a personal level, it's important to me. Uh, but I think from a strategic level, uh, it is very important. Moldova is a former Soviet satellite country. And I have no doubt if Vladimir Putin was successful in Ukraine, that he would not stop there. He would absolutely uh, cross over into Moldova. And given uh, the, the, you know, window uh, that, that we're talking about, you know, and, and uh, the size of a country like that, uh, he would have uh, easily uh, taken over, uh, you know, control of the country. And so they play a pivotal role right now. Uh, they've taken in over 800,000 Ukrainian refugees in a country with about 2.6 million people. Uh, they are not part of NATO, but they are seeking EU uh, membership. And so uh, they are uh, in the process there. Uh, they are very close uh, allies with Romania. Uh, the two countries used to be one. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of strategic importance there. They do have a lot of challenges, uh, energy being among them and corruption uh, in the previous government. Uh, the new president, President Maya Sandu, has uh, taken on the corruption, working with the United States to sanction oligarchs. Uh, they've convicted uh, several of them of uh, financial crimes. Uh, and, you know, they they are standing up to uh, Russian aggression and uh, Vladimir Putin's attempts uh, to undermine and influence their government. 
Uh, and so we need to support them. We need to work with our European allies to support them uh, and, and really ensure uh, that they are part of uh, the, the Western European democracies uh, that are so critical uh, to the world. And so uh, that is a, an important strategic uh, ally uh, in this fight against Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, uh, the countries that are seeking to destabilize and undermine uh, the f free and uh, democratic uh, world. And so that is that is important. Don't go anywhere, folks. When we come back, Brian Style, chairman of the House Administration Committee, waging a war against communities that want to allow non-citizens, not Americans, to vote in elections. He's going to tell you about that in just a minute. Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mike. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. House Republicans held a field hearing in Atlanta, Georgia, to roll out the American Confidence in Elections Act, better known as ACE Act. This legislation is the most uh, important election integrity bill in over 20 years. Joining us here to talk about this and so much more is the chairman of the House Administration Committee and the architect of this very important piece of legislation, Wisconsin Congressman Brian Stile. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me on. This uh, bill that you rolled out is so common sense. It hits a lot of 70 and 80 percent issues in American polling. Tell us what's in it and why it's important to get it done before 2024. This is just a straightforward bill that says we're going to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. There's some really obvious key election integrity provisions that I think we need to have in place going into the 2024 election. What are those? We want to provide the states the tools that they need to make sure 
that it is only legal votes that are being counted. How do we do that? We need to put things in place like photo ID. We need to make sure that it's only U.S. citizens that can vote. We need to be able to provide states the tools they need to clean up their voter rolls. So, for example, we're providing states with the resources to be able to have access to the Social Security death database. When's a good time to remove someone from the active voter rolls? When they die. Let's give states the tools to be able to do that as efficiently as possible. We can use Washington, D.C. as an example. In Washington, D.C., next year, an individual that's not a United States citizen, say they work for the Russian embassy, they're a Russian national. After living in 30, for 30 days in our nation's capital, they'd be allowed to vote for mayor. That doesn't make any sense. Let's allow U.S. elections to be for Americans. And we're also going to protect free speech. We've got a lot of pillars of work to get done. Uh, but I think the American people deserve to know uh, that we're working hard and we're going to implement uh, election integrity provisions here in Washington. Yeah, that they do. Yeah, easier to vote, harder to cheat. I mean, it, like you guys said, it's common sense. Um, I continue to hear about five certain states with respect to election integrity issues in the 2020 and 2022 election. Your home state, unfortunately, of Wisconsin, but also what Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Georgia, a lot of people think Georgia was ground zero and maybe even argue that, that one or two Senate seats were lost because of skepticism in the election. Is, is that why you chose Atlanta and, and the state of Georgia to announce this? I really chose Atlanta, Georgia to call out the hypocrisy of the left. As you recall, Georgia passed a strong voter integrity provision. It was SB 202. And the left came out screaming and yelling that this was all sorts of things. The president of the United States called it Jim Crow 2.0. Well, the data's in because that bill was implemented and then Georgia had their midterm election. And in the midterm election, what we saw was the opposite of what Democrats claimed was going to happen. Democrats said that this was vote, that there would be voter suppression when, in fact, voter rates increased in the state of Georgia and more people are participating in Georgia than across the country. And so what we actually saw in the state of Georgia was people participating. And as you recall, uh, Tuesday is the all-star game and two years ago, the, the Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta because of the false lies of the president of the United States. And these lies seeped into woke corporate boardrooms. We had a whole host of companies uh, making statements that were false, building on a democratic narrative. And I wanted to go back and prove and show to the American people that when you actually pass voter integrity provisions, what happens is people have more confidence in their election, is this confidence in the elections build, more people's participating. And what I'm now doing is taking and building a federal voter integrity legislation that we maintain our federalist principles, but give states the tools that they need to be able to put in place key voter integrity provisions. And if we do that, what we're gonna do is increase Americans' confidence in their elections. And if we do that, more people will participate and we're gonna make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. Sir, you have really taken the lead on highlighting uh, the push by liberals to impose non-citizen voting. You just gave a great example of a Russian diplomat who might be able to vote in Washington, D.C. soon. That's a head scratcher. Uh, do you have a sense of why liberals want to do this? And is there a connection to the border insecurity that they've now imposed at the border, getting more people in and then getting them in a position to vote, at least in local elections? It seems like both of those strategies have some synergies. Do you think they're connected? You know, it's hard to get your head wrapped around why the Democrats view this as a good idea. And then when we point out uh, the disastrous policies that would result from this, uh, that they continue to stand behind it. Let me take it a step further. 
to run for mayor of our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., you just have to be an eligible voter in our nation's capital. Well, under the current law in D.C. next year, anyone living in D.C. for 30 days that could be a foreign national, again, could be somebody working and working at the Russian embassy from Russia, would be eligible to run for mayor of our nation's capital. That doesn't make any sense. And the fact that the Democrats continue to try to defend these defenseless positions is an absolute head scratcher. And it, it makes you start to wonder on the exact things that you just referenced there, John, as to why are they defending these positions? It's all the more reason that we have to go in and prevent these laws from being implemented. We got to actually put in place key election integrity provisions to secure our elections and protect uh, our American democracy. Yeah, so important. Sir, I wanted to ask you about something that I think is emerging as a, a major issue of this time as far as social media. A lot of people consider it to be a digital public square. And there are a lot of questions regarding the psychology of it and how it affects adults. But we know that it affects children detrimentally. And all the time when I'm out and about, I see parents with their kids and they've got iPads in front of them. They even refer to them as digital babysitters. Um, and, and that's just kind of preparing them for getting on social media, even if they're just watching VeggieTales or, or some video. And what's concerning to me is that you look at what happens with a child's brain around age 10. There's a fundamental shift that induces a child to desire approval from their peers. And it's something that is increased exponentially around that age. And then, of course, kids get on social media. So um, you introduced Protecting Young Minds Online Act. I think that this is absolutely vital to our country. Can you just talk to us about what's in that legislation? I can't talk, tell you how many moms and dads I've talked to that have expressed to me the challenges that their children are facing as it relates to social media. It's exactly as you described. Think about uh, young, young boys, young girls in middle school who are trying to wrap their heads around uh, kind of the real world. And at the same time, they're looking at their phone and social media is giving them all sorts of false ideas about how our world operates. We need to have a full strategy in place to protect uh, young people in our country from the detriments that ha that is social media. This is a new phenomenon, but I think we all understand and agree that there's huge challenges that young people face. What I want to make sure we're doing is that we have an all of the above approach to make sure we're protecting in particular the mental health of young people. It's something I think is absolutely imperative as we have uh, a mental health crisis in our country that we're using all the tools in the toolkit to make sure that while we're protecting free speech in our country, we're also protecting young minds uh, as they're developing. Yeah, so mm -hmm. important. So we got about a minute left. FBI Director Chris Reagan testified tomorrow. One of the tools that Joe Biden took away from him was the ability to monitor Chinese spies embedding in academia. Are you concerned that China has made some gains, even in the social media space, using social media to carry out its objectives against America? We continue to see adversaries across the globe try to leverage their digital uh, footprints and impact America. I'll go back to the, the ACE Act. One of the things we're doing is trying to prevent foreign money from coming into the United States. We see a lot of foreign, uh, we'll call them foreign billionaires, try to pump money into nonprofits and then have those nonprofits donate to super PACs yep. uh, to try to persuade people in elections. What we need to do is make sure we prevent foreign adversaries from having access not only uh, to our elections, but across the board uh, in these social media areas. We need to remain vigilant uh, as we have adversaries coming at us from across the globe. All right, folks, don't touch that iPhone. Guess why? 
in a few minutes. Glenn Grothman's going to come here, Congressman from Wisconsin, chairman of a very important oversight committee in Congress. He's going to talk about all of the targeting of our children in America with ideological or sexualized content. He has a lot to say about that in the next block right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at TakeLean.com. That's TakeLean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at TakeLean.com. One more time, TakeLean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. I want to turn back to Congress and also the very important question of what do we do next now that the Supreme Court's uh, uh, session has ended some historic historic decisions, particularly related uh, to affirmative action, striking it down in the college system. That's going to have a really significant impact downstream, including in the federal government. Joining us right now, a man who has his finger on the pulse and the policy, Wisconsin Congressman Glenn Grothman. Congressman, great to have you on, sir. Glad to be on your show and be interesting to talk about these racial preferences, because, of course, they use so many areas in society outside of universities. Actually, I think uh, as bad as they are in universities, the degree to which they're used in hiring is much more significant. Well, that is a really important point. And of course, you sit on the subcommittee on security for the House Oversight Committee. Uh, there is a lot of concern about the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Brown, uh, President Biden's nominee, and just the larger push to, to inject race into uh, all of the decisions of the Pentagon. There seems to be a word of caution for the Supreme Court to our military. Tell us what you see playing out over the next several months. 
absolutely. Well, what he said is he wants only 42% of the officers in the military to be white. So he's one of these guys, when he looks at someone, he only looks at their DNA and where it came from 2,000 years ago, which is kind of hard to believe. I just got done reading some of the dissenting decisions on the on the uh, affirmative action case, those from Sona Sonomayor and um, um, Justice Jackson, and they also have this race obsessiveness. You know, in determining what race you are for these people who like race preferences, you self-identify. So let's say I was one quarter Peruvian. Well, according to the dissenters or according to uh, uh, the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs, if I'm one quarter Peruvian, even though I may not speak Spanish and have never been a Spanish-speaking country, I am a Latin American and presumably bring a diverse viewpoint um, to to any meetings or any committee I'm on. Uh, and people with that view um, are going to be determining who gets promoted in the military. And in his proposed budget, President Biden has equity panels uh, in every government agency, I don't care which one it is, Department of the Interior, Department of the Labor, where again and again, they're gonna be hiring people based on their definition of race. They'll be firing people that way. If these agencies are giving out grants, they're gonna take race into account and they're giving out grants. And like I said, it's, it's so bizarre the way they administer these, uh, the way they allow you to self-identify and then they feel you are bringing a certain viewpoint to the table depending on where you are around the world. Another way that's gonna be coming up soon uh, that President Biden is race obsessed is right now we don't have specific preferences to people from the Middle East or North Africa. President Biden wants to add that to the mix. So if you come here from Algeria, if you come here from Syria, even if you're not a citizen, right away under President uh, Biden's world, you'll be given preferences over the native born, particularly people of European descent. I wonder how many Americans know that that's what President Biden wants to do. Yeah, important yes. stuff to get out. And I can't imagine a more inappropriate place to have policies where you choose someone because they check off boxes over someone who has merit and experience than the U.S. military. But we've seen it in other sectors as well. We just earlier this year saw a bank collapse because they didn't have a risk assessor, but they checked off a bunch of boxes on their board. Um, my question to you, after this ruling came down, I, I had a little glimmer of hope and I thought maybe this is going to send a message, not only across government agencies, but in the public and private sector as well. Um, do you think that that's the case, that maybe this message that affirmative action is, is not constitutional? Do you think that that message is landing or do you think that they're going to fight back even harder? Seems like we're going to fight back, right? The statements made by the Democrats and by President Biden after these decisions indicate that they're outraged and they want to accomplish this goal in some other fashion. Uh, as far as universities are concerned, we know that universities are looking at perhaps getting rid of standardized test scores, which are in a way kind of equivalent to IQ tests. Now, when I went to school, when you went to school, kind of we wanted the smartest kids to wind up being doctors, right? We wanted, you know, really bright kids. Universities are talking about saying, well, let's get rid of these standardized tests and identifying who would do a good job in medical school. Which, and the alternative, let's do it, look at things like essays, 
that you may have to submit uh, in your application. I, for one, don't like the idea of having essays determine who's going to be the brain surgeon. I want the smart kid. But the universities are angling for other ways and to get racial diversity. And of course, their whole idea is somewhat racist. Like I said, to say if I'm a quarter Latin American or a quarter Asian or a quarter Native American, where people wouldn't even know what I am. I have no specific experience with with groups of that background. But these universities want to view people entirely as a token of that ethnic group. Uh, Congressman, it seems we're living in an era where at least the left is trying to wage a war against merit, meaning that your skills and your capabilities are less important than your skin color or your environmental score. Um, I want to ask a little bit, how do, do Republicans in the next election try to address that head on so that people really understand that what they're really uh, going against is meritocracy and success? They would rather allow your skin color to determine your future. It seems like that's a very powerful message to the electorate. I think we have to talk about it. Uh, we have to talk about it in part because you're taking people who may be more qualified and saying you don't get the job. Secondly, we got to look at the the quality of uh, what it does to society as a whole. Let's look at something else that was in the news recently. What about air traffic controllers? Right. Do you want the best air traffic controllers or do you want someone who's representative, who's maybe one quarter uh, a member of an ethnic group? Well. And I just mentioned doctors. I mean, these are things that should be brought up because the Democrat Party is going to bring them up. They are going to try to use these ridiculous race obsessed forms to get more votes in the public eye. And we have to explain exactly what Joe Biden is about. Sir, you chair a subcommittee that focuses on border issues, and you have been uh, so transparent when it comes to information that's that's affecting our border crisis. I wanted to ask you about this this policy that is not new. It was employed under George W. Bush and Barack Obama to allow special passes for about 74,000 illegal immigrants coming across our border if they have family ties. But as we know, a few months ago, the Biden administration allowed uh, their contracts with a DNA testing organization to to expire. So how, how would they even know if these illegal immigrants ha- actually have family ties? Couldn't they just say it? Right. Already we know when there were preferences for family groups, sometimes the Border Patrol would suspect something here doesn't seem right. You're telling me you're the nephew of this guy, but I something smells wrong. And the Border Patrol would use uh, DNA testing to find out, and it would not be unusual to find out they guessed right. This person has nothing to do with the so-called uncle here. So the fact that the Biden administration is not buying any more DNA tests will indicate to us that they're again going to be sloppy as far as letting more people here. And the goal of the Biden administration is not to get the best people in this country. All right, folks, put on your national security hats. The next two guests are fantastic thinkers in the national security space. First up, Congressman Austin Scott. He's going to join us to talk about, you know what? Things going on in the House Intelligence Committee right after this. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody. Over the past several weeks, we've seen multiple Biden administration officials traveling overseas, specifically to China. First, Secretary of State Antony Blinken made a trip to Beijing to meet with Xi Jinping. Then just days ago, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen took her infamous bow to her Chinese counterpart. And we can't forget about climate czar John Kerry stopping in Great Britain with President Biden before jetting over to Beijing. Now more than ever, I think we need to kind of fault ourselves a little bit for being naive and ignorant as China becomes more successful on the world stage. But lucky for us, we have congressmen like Georgia's own Austin Scott, who is fighting on the front lines to bolster our national defense and protect our intelligence, despite the Biden administration's ability to do so. And he joins us now. Congressman, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, Amanda and John. Hope you're doing good. Thanks for having us. Good to have you. We are happy to have you. And I want to hit on an important topic. When you took office, you went to Capitol Hill armed with a bunch of great ideas. And we always love talking about those here on this show. With respect to the National Defense Authorization Act, you had 31 amendments and and changes that you wanted to be adopted during the markup session. Can you talk to us about some of the some of your favorite ones? Yeah, I, I think the Chinese battery technology, the prohibition on purchasing it is probably the, the best one, Amanda. So less than two weeks after the Chinese buy balloon was downed, uh, Ford Motor Company announced a, a contract with CATL Technology, which is owned by Communist China, to develop battery technology here inside the United States. Uh, we put an amendment in the NDAA in committee that said that the DOD funds could not be used to purchase CATL battery technology. We did get a couple of phone calls and uh, where, where people informed us of other uh, Chinese battery technology that was potentially being purchased with, with our U.S. tax dollars. And so the amendment is being expanded to include those other companies as well. Uh, and I just want to say this uh, about, about what the Biden administration has done. It, it is bigger than just this one issue. Uh, they are pushing us as a country down a path that, that gives China significantly more control over our manufacturing and our transportation. We do not have the raw materials in this country to manufacture these batteries. Uh, we can do hybrids. We can do a lot of things in this country, but, but their policies are making us more dependent on China 
uh, for both the battery technology and the manufacturing components that are re required for this battery technology. It's not something that they should have done, and we sure don't need U.S. tax dollars going to support uh, the, the communist Chinese government by, by purchasing this technology. Yeah, I think we have so much education to do on that front, Congress. I don't think Americans understand how many tethers we're building to China on really critical things to our future. Um, I want to ask a little bit about other things in, in the NDA discussion that's going on right now. There seems to be a lot of focus in the military on focusing on race issues and, and diversity and equity, uh, equity issues, uh, not enough on war fighting. Joe Biden's overseas. He lets out or he lets it slip. Uh, that we're short on ammunition. I want to ask you about the wisdom of just letting our enemies know that. But two, maybe we are we not having enough eye on our supply chain for our military, the most important defense items that we need? Yes. So, so again, this is something that many of us on the Armed Services Committee have been talking about for years yep. is, is the supply chain and and the way we purchase things through the DOD and not doing long-term contracts with our suppliers that give them the ability to give us uh, one, a, a better deal for what we're buying, but two, uh, a, a more ready supply and a reserve that we need. So, so we have been working in the right direction on this, I think in the last couple of years, but you certainly wouldn't tell the opposing team uh, if your quarterback was hurt, yep. and you sure shouldn't tell the opposing team if you have a shortage of munitions, whether you have that or not, I'll leave for him to explain because I I don't want to get into uh, disclosing or not disclosing things that that I'm baffled he would he would even talk about. Imagine if Donald Trump had done that. I mean the the outcry. Uh, yes. Of, of, of such a, an irresponsible statement be, being made. Uh, I, do, I do want to go back, John, and love you, respect you, want to take issue with you on one thing. Sure. Uh, I think the American citizens absolutely understand how the Biden policies are making us more dependent on China. I think it's a refusal of the Biden administration to accept what they're doing. The, the American citizens understand exactly what uh, Biden is doing by by uh, saying we have to move to battery operated vehicles when they know the supply chain uh, originates in China. They know the technology originates in China. It, it is the Biden administration that just refuses to admit the error and the foolishness of this decision. Uh, the American citizens get it and they don't like it. Yeah, uh, polling does show that you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I think that that's thanks to Republicans like you. And and I wanted to ask you, Congressman, there seems I, I have this characterization of the relationship with China. And I would love if you would just kind of discuss it, because as I look at at our reliance on China, not just with technology, but with pharmaceuticals, it often seems like this is technology or inventions that originated here in the United States. And then because of intellectual theft, China ends up with the technology or the formula or whatever the case may be. And then they end up making money off of us with our own technology and inventions. Is that a mischaracterization? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, Syngenta Seed Company, uh, you look at Kim China, you look at the way China has been smart about how they have accumulated uh, seed technology and, and, and the input technology just to grow our food right here in the United States of America. A lot of that stuff was developed in our land grant uh, institutions. So, 
uh, you know, seed technology, chemical technology, a lot of those things are, are funded by U.S. taxpayers. They go into the private sector. And then, unfortunately, the Federal Trade Commission has allowed a, a lot of consolidation in, in those fields. And then the Chinese are smart enough to buy it. I, I, I again, I don't blame the Chinese for being smart. I blame us for being naive and in many cases stupid with what we've done over the last several years and allowing them to accumulate things that the U.S. taxpayers paid for. Yeah, such a great, such a great point. So I want to ask a little, I want to stay in China for just one more second, because it is the, the critical issue of our future here. Um, the, I've been going through some text messages that the FBI's had for several years. It's in a public case where you now see that Hunter Biden and his business partners knew that what the Chinese were doing in that CEFC China deal was get you, allowing the Chinese to use the Biden name to go roll up American energy resources and send them to Beijing. They're going to make these public in a couple of days. But it's very clear that that was a game. Has there been enough focus in the official uh, parts of our government on the possible damage assessment or uh, uh, national security losses that the Biden family relationships may have caused this country? No, ab absolutely not. And, and where my party, I believe, is making a mistake is we need to, again, allow Jim Jordan and Jamie Comer to, to handle their investigations because I don't need people watching your show to understand uh, what has happened. I think most people watching your show understand it. I've got to get people who voted for Joe Biden to understand That's what right. has happened. And so I need Jim and Jamie uh, carrying out the investigations in, in such a manner that every single American uh, who, who will look at any a reasonable analysis would understand what has happened over the course of time. And when we have these uh, arguments as a uh, as a party over the rule over the National Defense Authorization Act, which came out of committee with only one dissenting vote, uh, it gives the press, the mainstream media, the opportunity to focus on uh, this drama, if you will, over the NDAA rule vote, which is really irrelevant in the course of time, because the NDAA is going to pass, we're going to have we're going to have a good National Defense Authorization Act. Yes. It gives them the ability to to focus on the drama instead of on what they need to be focusing on, which is the revelations that are coming out of the investigations from the Oversight and the Judiciary Committee. And so, and so we as a party, we've got to keep our focus on those investigations to continue to expose what Hunter and Joe have, have um, made from uh, these relationships that they've had with people that are at our adversaries. Yeah. And, and we need to get rid of the drama that, that allows um, you know, the mainstream media to ignore it. Yeah, great point. Right. Well, and Hunter Biden and Biden relationship with the FBI was at the heart of some of the conversations. We've just got about 45 seconds left. Uh, America watched on as embattled FBI Director Christopher Wray answered before Jim Jordan's committee. What are your thoughts on some of the things he had to say? Yeah, look, the problems that the FBI go back to before Christopher Wray was there. Uh, it, it is a situation where uh, they do not understand the loss of credibility that they have as an agency. From, from what's been done in the last several years. And I, again, I want to make this clear. The FBI agents that I know that are on the street, very honorable, very honorable people that we depend on for our security yes, as, as citizens of this country. All right, folks, after the commercial break, Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump, up here, we're going to talk about Ukraine, Russia, China, all the threats across the globe, what Biden is doing right, what he's doing wrong, and what went wrong with his trip to Europe this past week. You won't want to miss that right after these messages. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back, everybody. There is no doubt that under this current administration, we face environmental, national security and foreign policy crises that we haven't had to worry about in prior years. While gas, food and health care costs rise, War ticks on between Russia and Ukraine. And while President Biden is getting dog walked around Windsor Castle by King Charles and focusing on climate change abroad back here at home, it seems to me like his own classified documents case being investigated by special counsel Robert Hur is moving at a glacial pace in comparison to his partisan counterpart, Jack Smith, who is now attempting to prosecute our former president, Donald Trump. And let's not even throw Hunter Biden or the White House cocaine incident into the mix. So here to give her honest and educated feedback as she always does, is Victoria Coates, a former Deputy National Security Advisor and the Heritage Foundation's own Senior Research Fellow. Victoria, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you. Thank you, Amanda. You know, as we look at President Biden's administration and the relationships that he holds abroad, his his international decorum, his behavior when he's out of our country on the other side of the pond, there are some questions that arise. And I remember when President Trump was uh, in office and he was with the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, and they were walking past, I guess those were British foot guards, and the American media went absolutely bananas because President Trump was walking a few paces ahead of the Queen. And now Joe Biden does the same thing with Prince uh, King Charles. And I don't hear anything about the decorum slip ups, the ways that he patted him on the back. There were a lot of things that just seemed out of sorts, but there's a very, very different reaction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the double standard is glaring just across the board. But in this case, you know, if you think back to the Obama period, when President Obama gave the queen an iPod loaded with his own speeches, which was uh, something of a faux pas. And then you have this out of Biden. And as I watched that tape, all I could think yesterday is, is, you know, this isn't even a protocol issue so much it is as it is an exposure of the president's frailty. He needed Charles to guide him. He needed a hand on someone uh, so he could get where he was going. And I thought the king handled it as gracefully as as could be. And he got that hand off his back, you notice, uh, as they went up the steps. But, you know, I think the whole thing, though, the meeting was bizarre uh, because the topic was climate. 
And the, what the whole point of it was, is the president was going to have kind of a special rapprochement with the king over the climate issue in, in which they have a lot of common ground. But that's, that's not what he should be talking to the king of England about. Uh, this, this should not be a policy discussion. You know, the king of England is, is a ceremonial head of state, not the policy person. So he should take it up with the, with the prime minister and with the people who actually have political power in Great Britain. Yeah, such a great point. And I think this whole trip is exposing how reactive the Biden administration's foreign policy is, not proactive. Some big moments just before uh, Biden gets there, Sunak says, hey, I'm a little worried about these uh, cluster bombs. Uh, usually you want to get your allies in line before you make that decision. Then uh, they get there and they're going to do some NATO stuff and Turkey and others start negotiating in real time against the president. Um, uh, normally, a president gets into the country, all the major issues are resolved before he gets there. It seems like there was a lot of red tape on the ground that had to be cleaned up. Um, are we reading that right? And what's going on in the foreign policy where our, even our allies are trumping us on a foreign trip? Yeah, I think uh, that there do that. Excuse me. There does seem to be a lot that was was let, left loose before this trip. And I think the cluster bomb issue is a good illustration of that. You know, the administration a year ago was saying Putin's use of cluster bombs could be a war crime. Now, a year later, we're, con you know, we're going to be giving these things to Ukraine. So, you know, I think from my perspective, the cluster bombs are something we might have wanted to consider giving some time ago. We have a lot of them. So it wouldn't put the same kind of uh, strain on our supplies as some of the other things that we've been giving, uh, as the president himself just recently admitted uh, that this has become a real problem for us. The cluster bombs are not in that category. And since Putin is using them indiscriminately, you might as well give the Ukrainians the, the capacity to push back. But the decision seems to have been quite random, as you said, not coordinated with allies, and then opens the administration up to charges of hypocrisy. So, you know, that's that's not a great a great way to start a for a major foreign trip for the president. Yeah, great point. Well, certainly not. And and we mentioned a moment ago about the meeting that took place at Windsor between President Biden and our climate envoy John Kerry and a bunch of investors regarding green energy. And something I'm struck by is it seems like every country that puts the cart before the horse with respect to green energy is experiencing or was at least during the winter experiencing energy crises. And the UK is no exception. Um, they just proposed new drilling for gas and oil in their North Sea. But a study was done that showed that it's only going to provide, I think, three weeks additional energy per year. And that's if they don't export it, which traditionally the UK does, I think, about 60 percent of their energy. When it comes to issues like this, when you've got green energy initiatives here in the United States, I can't tell if we're getting bad ideas from them or if they're getting bad ideas from us. There seem to be plenty of bad ideas in this space to go around. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, but the dirty little secret here is neither the United Kingdom nor the United States can get to the climate goals that they've set, you know, most famously the net zero by 2050 uh, kind of random dart that they've they've thrown into the calendar. Uh, they can't get there without cooperation from the communist Chinese. They need solar panels and electric battery, uh, electric vehicle batteries, wind turbines, all manufactured in China. They have to have those things and they need the Chinese to somehow reduce their emissions, which are spiking despite the promises uh, of of Chairman Xi to, to reduce them. He's not actually doing that. He's just saying nice things at conferences. 
And so we just had the spectacle of the United States Treasury Secretary immediately going over to Beijing, uh, bowing to her counterparts, and then saying we have an obligation to work with China on issues like like climate. I mean, this this is just ridiculous. Uh, China isn't going to help us on it. And so this little conference with with the British would have been uh, much much improved if they took a realistic approach to our actual energy posture, what we can do to support ourselves and allies like the United Kingdom. I think it is encouraging that they're starting to work in the North Sea again. Uh, that can be expanded, but we've got to end this reliance on China if we're going to make any meaningful progress. Yeah. And and no doubt, and of course, Europe has a lot of reliance on Russia, not another one that we don't want to have our uh, cards in the box with. Um, I want to ask real quickly about NATO. It seems like the Biden administration's uh, strategy for NATO is haphazard, like so many other things. Um, we weren't ready to, uh, to have the votes lined up for Sweden. We had to do some horse trading with Turkey at the last minute. And then Ukraine in, out, in, out. Now Zelensky's upset. Um, Give us what the Biden administration's current assessment of NATO is and what the proper one. If you were advising a president, what would you say our strategy should be on NATO? Well, I don't necessarily blame President Zelensky for wanting to join NATO. I think that's natural enough coming out of Ukraine. And I think he's unfortunately received a lot of encouragement from French President Macron that yeah. this is possible. I think the United States should have been much firmer from the beginning with Macron that this the NATO membership is not a messaging vehicle. Uh, it is a very serious obligation on the part of the American people. And to date, France in particular, and I would lump Germany in there as well, has not shown itself particularly willing to sh uh, shoulder its share of the burden for what is a European war in Ukraine. And it's, so it's fine and well for them to want to put the uh, American taxpayer on the hook for the collective defense of Europe. But we don't have to accede to that. We don't have to say it's okay. So I think the Biden administration has been way too weak on this issue. They should have been clear from the get-go. Ukraine does not yet meet the standards for uh, NATO membership. We can start a process and look at that, but we've never admi admitted a state into NATO that's in an act of war. We've got to figure out what that means. Does that mean the minute uh, Ukraine got into NATO, we're all at war. That's something I think a lot of uh, other NATO members, not just the United States, would have some very serious questions about. Mm -hmm. And so we can't make this, a, you know, a rush to a photo op in Lithuania this week. It's it's a serious process. The president should have been clearer about it. All right, we got one last one, and he's a good one. The man building a parallel economy, an Amazon for conservatives called Public Square. Michael Seifert, the founder, going to join us. They had a big moment this week. They went public for the first time, an opportunity for you to invest and enjoy in the Public Square success that's coming out. Michael Seifert will explain it all to you right after these commercial messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the show. One thing that I hear pretty often is that conservative launched apps, websites, and companies are destined to fail for some reason or another. And despite the propaganda being forced upon us, thanks to social media and mainstream media news organizations and living here in a liberal city, I thoroughly enjoy when we can prove them wrong right here on this show. And our next guest tonight is here to help us do just that. He is the founder and CEO of Public Square, one of my favorite apps, the very company that helps connect consumers directly to businesses that share similar values. And tonight he has some very exciting news to share with us. Michael, great to see you, sir. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to have you. And I love talking about your app because I think it is invaluable when it comes to making sure that we support businesses that support our values. And right before we came to air, this is no joke, right before we came to air, I got an email from Public Square about a webinar that's taking place tomorrow with regards to your big announcement. So I don't want to bury the lead. Go for it. Well, happy that you got the email. That's great. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. And I hope that all of the viewers right now will join us tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. That's Tuesday, July 11th at 1.30 p.m. Central Time because uh, we have an exciting update related to an announcement that we recently made, which is that Public Square is going public. And tomorrow, there's a webinar to learn more about what that means. We want to be a company that's by the people, for the people, and ultimately owned by we the people. And this public offering is an opportunity for to do that. So we're actually taking the company public on July 20th uh, after a shareholder vote from a SPAC that we're partnered with on July 19th. And then there'll be a great opportunity for this company to be owned by the very consumers and businesses that have helped build it. The capital markets are in desperate need of democratization because unfortunately the capital markets have been robbed by ESG mandated funds and DEI philosophies. And just like there's a drive for consumers to spend their money in alignment with their values, there's also an equally strong drive for investors to invest their money with companies that do not hate them and actually want to promote America. So that's what we're here to do. Tomorrow's a webinar where you can learn all about that, what that looks like. We're going to go into a deep dive, meet the management team. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, that's a big moment and a real sign of just how quickly your brand has exploded across the American frontier. Um, you are in so many different uh, marketplaces now, from banks to barbecue, everything in between. Tell us a little bit about the parallel economy. When someone comes to Public Square, they can shop for a lot of different things and get engaged in a lot of different things. Tell us a little bit about the expansion that you've enjoyed over the last few months. Well, that's the coolest part about this is that businesses from all different industries are prospering because of their exposure to Public Square. So when consumers head to publicsq.com, they're immediately introduced to tens of thousands of businesses. We have well over 55,000 vendors on the platform now. And whether you're looking for a bank, new meat subscription boxes or hair care products or pants or athletic clothing, you name it, we've got it represented on the platform. And you can know with blessed assurance that you're not funding your opposition. So what's pretty cool is that every single one of the vendors that have joined this platform have actually agreed to respect our core values. And a majority of the businesses will then give discounts to consumers that are there just for being public square members. And we ultimately have a thesis that the businesses in this country that keep this country afloat 
are the American-owned and operated small businesses that you know in your local community. The ones that you can know are owned by a family that is the coach of your soccer team or goes to your school or involved in your church. Like these are the businesses that we should ultimately help promote because they're the backbone of our economy. So we have over 90% of small businesses on our platform that exist as values-aligned alternatives to all of these behemoths that have abused our values in and out, whether it's Target, Ben and Jerry's, Bud Light, Disney, there is no shortage of examples from recent history that exemplify why a marketplace like this of alternatives is so needed. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and and one of the things I tell people, you know, practically anything that you can find on Amazon, you can find on this app. And a lot of people are like, oh, but it's so much more expensive. It's not. It's not. In many cases, it's not more expensive at all. And in a few cases, it's only a little bit more expensive. But there's an outsized impact that is not commensurate with the price increase that adds value, like you said, not only to our economy, but to our nation's values. Well, and not only that, our encouragement to consumers, because that's a great point, is to uh, recognize that many of these businesses are trying to source as many of their products from the United States as possible, which oftentimes costs a little bit more. But you can most often trust the reliability of these products in far greater levels than you can cheap Uh, It may feel convenient, but it's cheap and it's poorly made stuff from countries that hate us, that source all their manufacturing from China. And those companies, by the way, will lecture us about our virtues all day long and about progressive politics, which is really frustrating. You know you're not going to find that here. You know you're going to find businesses that are doing their best to source products in an ethical way, that are trying to promote this country and its values. And so my opinion is that while you may at times spend a little bit more, you'll notice that you're having a real uh, longevity-focused impact on the future of our nation. And the products are more likely to hold up better over the long term as well. The second thing that I'll add is that The best way this marketplace continues to grow and becomes more cost effective is by more and more consumers joining, by bringing traffic to the platform and by bringing these businesses more traffic, because ultimately then they're able to lower their costs as they continue to see success. So if we want to build this parallel economy, it takes each and every one of us doing what we can to whatever ability we have. Yeah, that is for sure. Early in my career, I used to I interviewed a pollster and he used to say, always make sure you check the shape of a political punch. And what he meant by that was make sure it's not a boomerang and you throw it, it comes back and hits you in the head. <laughs> uh, ben and Jerry's now has an Indian tribe asking for its land back where its headquarters is. Uh, Bud Light can't even see where uh, some of the other bears above them are. Uh, Guinness, I think, number one position in the most popular bear right now. Uh, do you think corporate America is beginning to learn some very painful lessons from all of the political engagement when they should have just stayed in their own? Lane of products? I think that is the most accurate statement of the day. It's interesting because the very hand that feeds these woke corporations always comes back That's and true. actually smacks them in the face. It's the most fascinating thing to watch. It doesn't just stop at Ben and Jerry's, which is a hilarious story now that the indigenous tribe leader from that area of Vermont wants the land back. And I am hearing crickets from Ben and Jerry's. So I don't know where those founders are now with their virtue signaling, <laughs> but it, it goes far deeper as well. You look at Target. Target relied upon major financial institutions like JP Morgan for years yeah. to keep the stock upgraded. But JP Morgan would only do that if their ESG score was high enough. Then Target comes out the gate with this ridiculous indoctrination campaign. It bites them in the behind and they dropped $15 billion in market cap. And then what does JP Morgan Chase do? They downgrade their stock twice. So you're seeing over and over again, these companies take a bad bet on ESG. And our simple message to them is, guys, why are you doing this? It's all a sham. Anyways, the highest companies with ESG last year, FTX. 
Make yeah. laughs. Michael, very quickly before we go, uh, give everybody those details again for the webinar tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesday, July 11th, 1.30 p.m. Central. You can register at publicsq.com where you can learn all you need to know. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us. Happy Sunday. Thanks for making the brunch edition so successful. A big thank you to Mike Lawler, Brian Style, Glenn Grothman, and Austin Scott, four congressmen who took time to really speak to us thoughtfully this weekend. Victoria Coates, always a great interview when it comes to national security issues. And of course, Michael Seifert, one of the most important players in the new parallel economy being built so that there are products and services and outlets who don't discriminate against conservatives. Michael Seifert, clearly on the front lines of that very important battle. All right, folks, that wraps it up. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll be back Monday with regular programming. Enjoy your family. Embrace them. Enjoy these great days of summer as well. Make sure you get some fun in today. We'll be back on Monday with vegetables and news, as always. God bless. Good night. Can't pay the IRS, haven't filed in a while, receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 Five six thousand. That's one eight hundred two four five six thousand. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com/slash/victor. Taxnetworkusa.com/slash/victor. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider.